what are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls. Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, or should I say explorers, welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I'm Tom, that's Lotus, as usual. And Starfield is officially out. It's not in pre-access, it's it's out-out, the newest Bethesda game. Lotus (laughs) bought an Xbox in order to play, and so normally we would continue through with our, like, looking at the Daedric Monsters or something this week, but with Starfield out and a bunch of people playing it and it being a Bethesda game, I asked Lotus, I was like, hey, Lotus, what if we do an episode where we compare and contrast like Elder Scrolls, like Skyrim specifically, because that was the last main the most Bethesda recent, Studios sure. one 12 years ago, uh, compared to Ooh. Starfield. And we can talk about what we like and what we uh, what we don't like as much or the ways that they're similar and different and really yeah. just answer the question of if somebody likes Skyrim, are they going to like Starfield? Because it's a very different setting, but it's got a lot of similarities. Right. And also, um, we're going to really go kind of hog wild on the topic uh, with the next Tales of Tamriel. <laughs> but like, there's a few things that I feel like every time you play a Bethesda game, uh, it's like weird that Bethesda is kind of like a just... The, the worlds have little nods to each other, but they're not the same world. And we've gone into that a couple times type of thing. Yeah. But they have a style to their game. And obviously people have preferences in which are their favorites. But each one kind of almost iterates on the last one and give hints, gives hints on to what the next one is. And the quote unquote Bethesda family of gamers is going crazy over Starfield right now. Like, uh, yeah. And I feel like we're seeing a few things outside just the engine itself of, of, of it that we will see either modified versions of, or we're seeing the, the little nuggets at the beginning of how they're going to turn into something that works in the elder scroll six, insert title name here yeah blah, blah, blah. absolutely um, i mean they, they have made uh, adjustments to the engine and even advancements in the way they they do quest lines and some of these like random encounters there's a lot of things that they've expanded it on from like there's a through line for morrowind basically morrowind right. fallout 3 uh, Skyrim, Fallout 4, and then now Starfield, and... Unloved Oblivion, which you skipped over. <laughs> I'm sorry, Oblivion. Uh, it's fine, I, I absolutely love Oblivion. Like I'm just the, jumping yeah, through names. Everybody loves Oblivion. I didn't Oblivion. say 76 well, either. not everybody loves Oblivion, <laughs> but a lot of people love Oblivion, but it's, it's, it's definitely the, like horror forgotten one <laughs> Dude, it, that was the game that got me in the series the yeah i know yeah. it it seems yeah. to be the case but so often people kind of just gloss over that one it's true because it was like yeah this is super popular and then 
when people think Elder Scrolls, it's now Skyrim. So right, well, it, that was the big one that we've had for twelve years now. But to Correct. your point, there are a lot of advancements that Starfield has made that makes us very, very excited for what's going to happen with Elder yes. Scrolls Six. And you can see some of the stuff from Fallout Four and Fallout Seventy Six that mm-hmm. have iterated into something more involved for Starfield. And I, we're going to have different levels. Of, I guess to start with, how much gameplay do you say you have about in Starfield so far? Um, I'm I'm a good 15 hours in, maybe. Okay. Uh, so and I'm, on top of that, have watched my wife and my son both play. And sure. So between all of us, there's like 32 hours of gameplay. So whereas you've been in since the very beginning as well, you're also playing on PC, something right. that... Um, a uh, shout out to your other show, The Elder Scroll. I mean, well, this, but um, the Starfield Lorecast. Yeah. Yeah. I've been kind of listening to catch up now that I'm like involved as well. Um, oh, side note, real quick. Yes. We hit number four on Saw the that. Apple podcast video game charts. Fourth freaking place. That's insane. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, to that note, I play on the only platform that you and Dave don't play on he well Dave, plays on an s yeah oh that's true okay you're both xbox X. you're different kinds you of you have a pc yeah. so we literally yeah. have all three of them covered like yeah, true. so my perspective would be from that also i was in early access much to the surprise of many people no i did not receive a review copy i didn't either i also didn't ask for one i asked for I, one but i didn't get one I know, for I, some I weird like reason you got lost, lost in the shuffle for that because that doesn't make any sense but i don't know what happened yeah that's super not, weird for, from an objective standpoint i did not deserve one because one I didn't ask for one and two as much as I have plenty of acquaintances at Bethesda who I super love they're all awesome people I'm not the demographic to review this yeah. game like, yeah, I'm not totally a reviewer so totally, like they yeah. would not uh, other than just being like hey do you want to give us free publicity there's no reason to give me a code and I didn't right. even know if I was going to be able to play it so I got an Xbox through my friend who was getting rid of theirs it's the only reason i can play this period yeah (laughs) so like i just got it i didn't have early access i just got it the other day from us recording yeah so you're a physical copy you're brand new in you are uh like what how many hours now I am about five because I was irresponsible five. last night. Yeah, but in the pre-show, you're talking about how you stayed up late. It is like a uh, you're yes. like a college I got about kid. Four hours of sleep, just like hanging out all night, trying to get up in the morning for class. Except it's work, so it was it's more important than class. No gym. <laughs> you're, there was a pipe at work that I was doing chin-ups on, and I was like, "This is close." And then I was like, "This is even a huge mistake." <laughs> like, That's awesome. I was like That's now awesome. we're all done. Yeah. So okay. So let's talk about some of the differences, and I want to get into some very specific questions in order to kind of organize our thought a little bit. And to yeah, answer Kratos, point to the crossover of this and why this is an Elder Scrolls show, not a Starfield show. Right. Right. And uh, Kratos in chat says, "I like Starfield, but I'm more of a medieval RPG, Dungeon and Dragons kind of guy." I'm not which is guy. going to be the perspective I come from. Absolutely. This is actually one of my least favorite genres. Yeah. I, like when it comes down to it, I'm I like space stuff, but not nearly as much as I like fantasy magic stuff. Like I'm sure at my core, like I am in my absolute sweet spot when it comes to the traditional yes. Elder Scrolls kinds of things. Yep. Um, and, you know, I also like Fallout. I also like Starfield. I also like Mass Effect. I also like The Witcher. You know, like I, sure. I like all of these games from the standpoint of the way you can role play them the way the stories play out and a lot of that stuff and then the setting is kind of a secondary benefit right so like 
I would rather be in a fantasy setting, but if I'm in a space setting and I'm still getting a really good game and a really cool, you know, environment with some really interesting lore and all of those things, then I'm still happy. It's like, for me, it's not like one or the other. It's like if, if fantasy setting is a 10, then space settings like an eight and a half, like it's still good. Sure. It's still good. It's just not, if I only had to pick one, there's definitely a desert Island pick. I would pick fantasy. So when the game starts, it has uh, every Bethesda game has their intro, right? There's the where you find out who you are in the world and what's going yes. on. And you get through like this little tutorial section and then you are introduced to the world in Skyrim because we, we can't talk about Elder Scrolls Online. It's not exactly the same thing, but Skyrim's the closest comparison. We have the yeah. situation we'll with single player Elder Scrolls, or yes. you know, single player Bethesda games because we'll include more than just Elder Scrolls. But. Right. But so let's just go back to Skyrim and you you're a prisoner. You're about to get your head chopped off. And then, of course, you escape during the dragon attack and all of that. Right. Right. And then it, op- it goes through like this little dungeon and then it opens up to the rest of the world and you go wherever you want. In Starfield, eh, you're a miner, not a miner as in like a small child, a, somebody who <laughs> collects rocks out of caves <laughs> and you're working in a situation. You come across something important in the storyline and then you get to design your character and then you meet some other characters. You get attacked by some pirates and then you're off to the rest of the universe and go through kind of an initial quest and then you're into everything else. Yeah. How do you feel? Compared to Skyrim, how does this hold up? Does it? How does it feel so, different to you? I'm actually pretty interested in the storyline, um, which is kind of not something I tend to do. Um, I've also heard that maybe like it benefits you to focus a little more on the main story than go mess around in Bethesda games. This one I've heard because there is a new game plus feature um, that mm. I've heard about. I really have stayed pretty much completely clueless to the majority of stuff I, yeah I have uh, we're gonna try not to spoil too much the new game plus I physically thing can't i is... barely know anything outside <laughs> what i've physically like played myself <laughs> right so the new game plus thing is kind of a nice addition it allows you to uh progress through the main quest line and then get some really cool stuff and kind of reset your playthrough a little bit Um, But it's not important. You don't have to do it. It adds some things that you can't get otherwise. It's a really cool feature, but it's not 100% contingent. It's not like you would have to rush through Skyrim's main storyline and kill Alduin and all of that stuff, right? right? right. Um, It's it's kind of its own thing. So I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't sweat that part. So it's it's not very long, um, but the intro to the game gives you a little bit of a background. um, And it introduces you to the story with these artifact things. Like that's really all we... Right. Something from like, what appears to be an alien race does weird right. stuff when people come in contact with it. it what is you going out, on? And then you get to do your character creation uh, as opposed to being a prisoner. And they're asking, like, hey, is this you when you design your character? It was, hey, do you remember yourself? Um, and then it goes from one thing to another to kind of show you some of the mechanics to the game. It actually reminded me, because of the way it's laid out, a little more like Fallout's it, Fallout 4's intro mm-hmm. than Skyrim's. I feel like yeah. Skyrim cut you free a little quicker. Yep. Fallout 4's lasted a little longer. This was a little more in line with Fallout. With like, we're going to keep you on rails yes. for a little bit, and then once we teach you how to fly... Now you can go mess around how you see fit, but it takes a little bit to get there, get your ship, 
blah, 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 blah. Right. It, there's more systems. Uh, like, th this is a game that requires a longer intro because the, the, there's more complex. Uh, and you're we, right. We it is more similar. We, ha we haven't had flying. But by the time you get to Fallout 4, you've got settlements and you, like there's more things to kind of learn along the path. Right. Um, so that makes sense why that's the case. Also, the whole situation with uh, you getting knocked out and then trying to remember who you are is actually more similar to Fallout New Vegas and Doc yes. Mitchell stitching yeah, you, you up. Shot in the side of the head after and you get like, shot. Hey, yeah. who are you? Right, right. So there's kind right, of a right. comeback there as well. Even if that wasn't a Bethesda Studio made game, it was sure, but Obsidian. they're in collaboration with each other. Yes, um, absolutely. So cool because stuff. I was going to say, just on on a weird side thing, Obsidian, along with everybody else, you know, did a tweet um, that it was just like, you know, congrats on you know uh, Starfield. You know, we're even excited to go play play yeah. in the new sandbox yeah. type of thing. Um, but yeah, so I would say that it, it's a little bit, um, not overly handholdy, but honestly, in one regard, because there are so many new systems and each one of the entries in the series from Bethesda standpoint, not like Elder Scrolls Fallout or now Starfield, every entry, they kind of put in a few systems that are new and also refined what was kind of there before, where it was like... Mm -hmm. In Skyrim, you had that homestead thing. Well, then it became settlements. Now it's like build a starship and a and an outpost. Yeah, up to nine outposts and, and it's a like, bunch oh of God, starships. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Um, so they needed to teach you that. I actually am not a space piloty type person, so I liked what I played so far of the flying mm -hmm. thing. But honestly. You'll almost never hear me say this because I'm always like, tutorials are too long. I can't skip them fast enough. I They did not teach you, like, use your joystick or mouse to look around. It was, here's how to mine. Here's your ship. Here's how combat works. Yeah, here's how okay. to fly your ship. You're, right. You're, here's you're how, how to allocate power to your engines or your guns right. and or I was whatever. Like, whoa, 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 what was that power allocation thing? They were like, anyways, you're in combat. I was like, no, no, wait. What was yeah. the shield thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't skip. You can't skip some of those because otherwise yeah. you won't be able to and do anything. And I was kind of like, yeah. uh, uh, maybe a little more ship, please, because I'm not. <laughs> this is not my genre. Ships. Okay, all right. I'll just figure it out. Yeah. Well, um, to that point, yeah. the there's a the way they designed uh, ship stuff and travel is that you can do it like many of the other systems in this game. You can do it if you want. You have to do some of the systems yes. at least a little bit. Sure. But if you don't want to spend most of your time flying a ship around, you can totally just fast travel to another point. You can totally just go to the, the mission menu and say, right. ra like, route myself to that planet over there. Okay, hit, hit the X button, go. And now Which, you're at the other planet. And then you can say, okay, land on the planet. And then boom, you just land. You don't have to fly anything unless you just happen to get attacked or something. You have to fight a bad Which guy. Which is something I do generally like about Elder Scrolls games, they tend to kind of show you your systems and you can work around the systems you like or not like. I tend not to have companions oftentimes in my Elder Scrolls games. I don't tend to ride around on horses a lot of times in my games. I definitely don't ride around on dragons because that did not work very well. In <laughs> yeah, right. um, but whereas in Fallout, I really liked power armor. I like the flying, but I appreciate, and I, here will be my first spicy take for, for the episode. Um, uh -huh. One of the knocks against the thing, because people seem to think it's a flight sim sometimes, as opposed to a Bethesda game in space. Yeah, it's an um, RPG. It's a space RPG. It is not a flight sim. Like, nobody right. knocked Mass Effect for these right. same things, so, right? On that note, I apologize to anybody who wanted a flight sim. 
objectively the game is better that I don't have to land my stupid starship. Right? I don't want to do that. Yeah, it would take every if every time I had to land somewhere, it would take me five or ten minutes to just land the freaking thing. But instead, yeah. you just you're just like land, and then even I, after you land, you've give you're given the option like get out of your seat or just or go onto the planet, just spawn outside the ship so you can just go yeah. do the thing you wanted to go do. Right, which is is something that I actually uh, related to No Man's Sky. It wasn't super complicated, but oftentimes it was like, oh my god, just land. <laughs> Yeah, because I would, I'd be crooked. I'd be, I'm like, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. I just want right. to go mine some right. garbage. Right. Like, and please then, let me mine crash. And I think that's the, Bethesda understands who their audience is, and they understand like where they've come from, and their audience wants to fight cool things, collect yes. cool loot, meet interesting characters, play through quest lines that have cool twists and turns that get you from one place to another to some really cool end of quest line stuff. Sure. And anything that's going to get in the way of that is a hurdle that doesn't need to be there. So Which, even though it's yeah. a, things based in space, it mean it doesn't mean that you have to pilot everything or the idea that even landing your ship and taking off manually would be a, a benefit. If anything, it's a drawback. Um, people were complaining about like if you pick a place on the planet to just land. It, what it does forever. Yeah. What it does is it, it procedurally generates an area around the landing zone. Right. You can't walk all the way around a planet or moon. But then again, other than just for curiosity's sake, why would you even want to? There's no reason to do that. So that's one thing that I also, um, this isn't totally because I I feel that um, one of the reviewers that I just like for all general games and uh, phrased this pretty well. So just riffing off of G-Man Lives, uh, which is the the reviewer in question. He's a big boomer shooter uh, player. But uh, just he shared a lot of my thoughts with this thing of the thing is just because you can do something does not make it all that worthwhile. And in the situation of landing in the middle of nowhere, And I will relate this to Elder Scrolls in a minute because there is a strong tie to Elder Scrolls that a lot of people nowadays will not get, but it's there, is just roaming for the sake of roaming is fine for novelty's purposes, especially when it's procedurally generated. Okay, that's pretty cool type of thing, whatever, that you can just keep seeing your own unique thing. But you will die before you walk around the planet because spoiler alert planets are huge right planets you are would gigantic. be dead if you were like well i can do that in real life incorrect you would die before you right. collapse the, the yeah. world how you many people have walked around the planet walk there very like very few correct <laughs> right um so relating that to elder scrolls specifically in arena and daggerfall you could walk from everywhere it was an option and guess what I didn't do in my playthroughs mm-hmm. was walk mm-hmm. everywhere. I would mess around and stuff like that. Yeah. But the games were procedurally generated outside the city points that were designed because they were hubs. They were locations that you needed to go to. And then you could physically walk to them. Or there was this weird thing <laughs> where you could fast travel and watch the fast travel in Daggerfall. Yes. Yeah. So you would just yeah, the- watch <laughs> as you were running through yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You know what wasn't fun? 
that. <laughs> that. Because it's mostly empty space. It's mostly it's like nothingness. you're just Which, running towards a horizon. Every so often a, a creature shows up or every so there's a correct. hill you got to go over or Which, some trees. Again, I, I'm fine for weird crap for the sake of weird crap. Um, and when I play Minecraft, I tend to just zone out and just dig for miles and stuff like that. There is something strangely cathartic about that. I get it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> when it becomes... Do we have to limit the gameplay so we can do interesting things or can you walk in a straight barren expanse <laughs> right. for 77 hours? Right. Can you do this I thing? I would rather give me one hour of just meandering into nothingness. Right. And then. Right. Give me the thing that you were able to put in instead is kind of the thing. It's the trade off that an, I feel. It's such a ridiculous argument. It's like, do you want to do the really boring thing or do you want to actually do the stuff that's actually interesting and, and get to that stuff? And, I mean, it's, and that's, that's all it is. Thing, is. I don't need the option to do something just for the sake of doing it. Right. I appreciate like a moderate interest level of it so you can mess with it it's enough because again, and, well, and here's the thing for a while right and here's eventually like you, i get no man's sky you can do that on planets and guess what you only get so far from your ship and then okay well i go back to my ship because right now I'm out there's in nothing else to do absolutely water so like, so to your point it's fun to an extent and so what they've done is if you land in a spot it spawns an area around you the size of that area around you is the size of a four by four grid of skyrim maps right it's that big so at the center point if you head out in any direction you have to travel two times the lengths of skyrim to get yes. to the boundary to the artificial boundary that's right. that's a ridiculous amount of distance anyway and but also Unlike Skyrim, things are not handcrafted because you're out in the middle of an uninhabited planet that right. in many cases yeah. literally has no life on. You're the first one to land on it in some situations. Spoiler alert, there's not a lot to do out there. Yeah. Well, some places have th- like there's some there's stuff do. you can find. There are like they will have Absolutely. like, oh, here's an oil refinery or here's a natural Without natural a thing. But um, but it's it they're spread out that, and, you know, it's. It's the same way of like, okay, I dropped you in the middle of Russia. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Walk in a direction for 10 days. Do you find something interesting or <laughs> do you find literally nothing and sleep under a tree? Because Is it just cold nothing. in trees? Is that right. all you get? Yeah. Like, so it, yeah. and that's kind of neat that that's there from planet to planet. I appreciate that. But I, I personally would prefer a moderate amount of that, which I feel we got in this situation. Mm-hmm. And use the rest of the resources rather than to do what Daggerfall, for example, did, which was we're the biggest game, ha ha ha, but 99% of it, nobody's going to see because nobody cared to walk 77 hours out into the field and be (laughs) like, oh, well. Yeah, nothing here. So, like, okay, so to to progress the story, like we've we've I think we've I think we've killed this monster. Yeah, I think we, I think we, we've we've, sla- we've slaughtered this point. Yeah. Um, but to to move on, 
the you can clearly see that their intentionality has been around things that are more fun. So yes. when we're talking the about illusion of openness in a lot of situations, and which that's what video games are. Spoilers. There's absolutely. A lot of <laughs> They're a simulated world. Yeah. yeah. So so what they've they've learned to do is, is focus on the parts that are fun. So, for example, when you're when like I also would rather walk around in Skyrim than take a horse or fast travel on a lot of occasions. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you come across these random encounters you know somebody's walking down the street and something crazy happens or somebody's in a fight over here with some monster and now you can jump in and and whatever they've expanded that out so well in starfield because you can run into these random encounters whether it's uh out out on a planet somewhere and you come across a thing or more importantly you fly to another planet and you're still in space and all of a sudden you get hailed by another ship and then something happens and that the diversity of the way those work the stories i've heard talking to other people about some of this stuff have you run into much of those i have not yet um i already have really been skidding very close to being just outlawed in every city i go to what Uh, what, are you just like stealing everything or killing people what are you doing yeah when people mouth off so i made as a as a joke we were talking about i made a very very aggressive pirate grandmother that is my character (laughs) um and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and when people don't cooperate, um, I get shooty. Like when you're when you first encounter one of the pirate factions, this is really minimal spoilers, mm-hmm. but there are pirates in the game. And they were looking for something. And I was mid-dialogue, I was like, that's enough. And I just opened fire. Like that's been my, my approach from this, like, I don't know, 95-year-old lady who is just like space grizzled. That's um, awesome. And and messing around i actually i'm heading to neon next that's probably where i'll go after we record mm-hmm. but um new atlantis has been fun but if people get mouthy with me i get um <laughs> that's impatient with them <laughs> that's awesome okay so you're let's talk about cities uh in skyrim you go to a city and yes there's like mm, what 60 people in that city but only enough houses for like a dozen <laughs> and you're yes. like okay where's the rest of the city what's going on here this is like it doesn't take you too long to realize that like uh these cities aren't really that big um in Starfield, the cities are much more like city sized. I mean, they're still not the size of a complete city, but they've expanded. So if you think yeah. of like, well, let's just talk Whiterun, any of the city locations are at least six to ten times bigger than <laughs> right. Whiterun. Which, again, we can relate this. I'll do my best to relate this to exactly what we're talking about in the uh, span of the Elder Scrolls. I appreciate how functionally new atlantis in starfield feels like a full city um skyrim like you said the hub is like okay there's like 15 huts here (laughs) this is the bustling hub Mm -hmm. you go to the you know um the imperial city in oblivion and it's like bruh 34 people live here this is the biggest trade hub in the imperial like in all of the province like but i feel like we have a lot of promise from what we've seen from some of the cities in starfield or at least the ones i've seen so far new atlantis being the one i'm most acquainted yeah. with because it's the first one you go L- to let me pause you there yeah did you go underground New Atlantis? I haven't even made it there. I know about it. And I haven't gotten under there yet. Yeah. So you can travel and around I've on the surface and be like, wow, this is real big. There's lots of places yes. to go. This is really cool. It's like, it's beautiful. And then you realize there's a whole underground section. You're like, what? Wait a yeah. minute. There's more. I've heard, somebody was talking about it in the town that I walked by. 
and, and I overheard it. And I'm like, what? what? But yeah. the thing is, it feels functional. There's a lot to do there. It seems like there's a lot of handcrafted stuff. Going back to the older Elder Scrolls games, which went on realism above functionality, you have Daggerfall. Mm-hmm. The cities are frustrating to get across because like some of the large, like most recently in Daggerfall, when I've been playing through Daggerfall, like going to Daggerfall, it's like 150 buildings yeah. and they're all like just procedurally generally like blip, 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 like all over the place. And it's just like, oh, my God, like, I just need a store. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. You got to find please. the store in the midst right. of all these buildings, like in a so real I city. I feel like it's. Yeah. An interesting balance to get realistic match with functionality of game design for efficiency and fun. And I think that the way Starfield is so far from my experience, they've got the technology to kind of back this up a bit more now mm-hmm. where it didn't bother me in Oblivion or Skyrim necessarily. But it, the joke was there. Okay, yeah, there's like nobody nobody lives in the Skydra. You come to the Skydra very often? No, because I'm not the only person who lives there. Like, okay, ha, ha, like I get it. There's nobody yeah. here. Yeah. This seems like for the next one, the cities will likely be much more actualized, um, but not dull because yeah. there's only yeah. so much you can do with them in an older system. So there's another really smart thing that they do, and, and Slick Rick and Chat uh, brought up this concept, and I'm going to yes. expand on this a little bit. Uh, one of the things Todd Howard is known for detesting are mini-maps in games. He wants right. you looking at the environments, not piloting a mini-map, an arrow around a mini-map. Which I... Because it's a role playing game. You want to be in the world. You want to look through at the environment. So one of the things they've done extremely well, because the maps in this game are not great. They're they're kind of non-existent in almost in a functional way once you're landing in a location. But it makes sense. You wouldn't just walk around looking at a map every time when you enter a new area. Let's say let's say you go to the mall. Right. Neon City is kind of like walking around a really big mall. (laughs) Sure. Uh, You haven't been there yet, but. If you walk through the mall, what you're going to do is you're going to pay attention to all the signs, either on the stores or like the little local map that shows up. Any of the you're going to use a lot of context clues and signage, which they do an amazing job with in order to navigate yourself through the space. And in doing that, there's a psychological thing that happens. And I was talking with Dave Chaffins on the Starfield Lorecast about this on this most recent episode, which is going to go up in like in, in tomorrow. Um, but he is a map designer, so he understands the philosophy of map design and how that works and how urban planning works and all of these kinds of things. And he was like, this is actually really smart because what it does is it causes you to create your own mental map of the area. And when you do that, you remember where you're going better and you have a better sense of how to get in and out of certain places. If you just follow a map and how many of us do this, they use use like Google maps or Waze or something when we're driving somewhere and you can go back and forth between that place multiple times, just following the directions on the map. But then all of a sudden one day your phone's dead and you're like, crap, how do I get there again? How do I actually get there? Because I've never really paid attention other than not hitting other cars or pedestrians. Exactly. Because you've been piloting a mini map the whole time. Right. So yeah, it doesn't 
have maps, which a lot of people complain about, but I think it's actually a genius decision in order to create an environment that feels more like you're actually a real person navigating it. And then you get to discover things that way. I largely agree with that um, for the most part. And and there's a little bit of a tie in into something else that I want to get into uh, for like across all the different games. And it kind of relates to the map thing. I actually don't feel the maps have ever been good in recent Bethesda games. Yeah, they're not great. They're, I mean, I mean yeah. reading a map on a Pip-Boy is a nightmare factory. Right, um, right. But I, I feel like... World maps I feel are like, fine. I feel like... But I mean the local maps. Yeah, and I feel like this is a sign that they've, they've been like that on purpose. You're right. Um, and it's to create so, that environmental, like making a map out of your mind kind of thing. So I can to a degree just because of like, OK, in Skyrim or in the Elder Scrolls in general, like, OK, it's pseudo medieval times type of thing. You're not really going to have a functional map like at most you have a literal hand drawn map type of thing, right. which was fine for some of the older games. And that's just kind of what it is. The the overworld maps, fine, whatever. Um, the, the local maps, just they're really. I think mediocre Mm -hmm. fallout. You have your pit boy, the overall map. That's fine. It gives you main locations. The local map, especially indoors is straight up unreadable to me. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Anytime you have more than one floor, (laughs) it just falls apart. Right. Yeah. In Starfield, the only thing that I can say is because you're in a future tech scenario, with like actual technology behind you on like fallout where it's kind of like stuck in the fifties, but like, then Mm. there's also some, it is weird that in some situations you couldn't have like a weird, like GPS on your phone, but here's the thing to see that you do have a GPS because if you choose a quest and turn on your scanner, there's a line that leads you to the place you're going. So yeah. So So it's still there. It's just not in a mini map. It's in the real world. It's, it's in the real world, which I can appreciate. So that's why it's like, once I found that, cause I found that late last night, I was like, Oh neat. I can bring up my scanner doohickey and it's like, it's got like a, a like arrow dotted line essentially, but like so it'll let you know where you're going. Um, that's kind of cool. In general, I get if people want to use it for like I want to go to the store on Jemson or whatever. It's fine, but I, I get it because again, there's a lot of context clues, and the idea is to honestly make you slow down and yes. play the game because gamers are in a huge rush to beat everything to then complain that there's nothing to do. Right. And, and on this top of it does not seem like it's good for that. Yeah. And, and on top of it, Bethesda has learned that their greatest fans are the ones who go back multiple times, the ones who realize the depth of the thing they've created. And if people speed through these games, they miss the point. I think I yeah. personally believe that people who bounce off of Skyrim or Fallout or Starfield, they tried playing these games like their other games. Um, You can't play Starfield like it's Star Citizen because it's not a space sim. You can't you can't play it like it's um, Destiny 2 because it's not a looter shooter. Right. Uh, But but people try to play it like that. They're like, well, I just want to warp to this place and then I want to go fight the bad guys and I just want to go. And it's like it's not really the same thing. You can know it. It's a weird dichotomy about that because people are either like, I want to just warp here or why am I not manually landing? (laughs) Right. Both extremes. And so what they've done is they've threaded the needle between those two things and they've created something that really does that well. And to the to the 
topic of Elder Scrolls games, I think that's going to bear out really well for future I, Elder Scrolls titles. I do, too. Um, because we want to live in that world. We want to yes. if, if this is in High Rock, I want to be in High Rock. Right. I want to see and what those cities are like and walk around with the people. Yes. And I really like the new sh- structural design of a lot of the cities where it feels like they're utilizing the tech to make them feel actualized without boring like type of deal yeah um but there is that brings me kind of uh, off the map but it's part of it is uh and this is the thing that i said dave chafin's mentioned specifically on uh-huh. uh uh-huh. can we can we well, tease it and go thank our patrons and come back yeah actually why don't we he mentioned <laughs> it on the lore cast yeah and i totally um, agree with it you know it's funny to me just uh, people will pop in our discord and you feel like hey man i'm so, I'm so happy to be here big fan of the lore cast and so i always so have many. to be like which which one <laughs> which, which one which, that's which, awesome which game world do you like lore cast wise <laughs> i'm so excited that you're here and excited to be here well yeah. which which lorecast because there's yeah. more than just one uh starfield lorecast is what he's talking about all right let's go thank our patrons and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about this because it's gonna be great i am so excited about our sponsor this week marvel strike force i freaking love marvel comics growing up i collected comics and the trading cards and i've seen pretty much every marvel movie they've made so far so if you're into marvel like i am go check out marvel strike force this is a mobile squad rpg you can collect and unlock all the different heroes you fight against super villains there's a campaign there's a blitz mode there's an arena there's a constantly evolving meta and right now they're celebrating the deadpool anniversary event this is a mission from Strike, where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, a bunch of other items. It is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out. Click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, MAXPOOL. Don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Hamish Morak, Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and we get to thank our new patrons, including Christopher F. Welcome to the Patreon, Christopher. And... Big shout outs to our Daedric Princes, Kira C and Sheogoreth's sweet roll. Thank you for your support. <laughs> and to all 124 of our current patrons, thank you for being here. Board. Yeah. If you're interested in joining and getting t-shirts or ad-free episodes or stickers or joining us on end of the month patron chats, any of that stuff, that's all at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. So just go look that up and there's links in the show notes and all that stuff. Also, notice we got two new reviews that came in. Uh, we've got a long one from Great Britain and a very short one from the U.S. Which one should I do first? Start with a long one and on the short one. Okay, so this long one comes from uh, Sen X in Great Britain, who writes five stars. Such a good podcast. I found this after listening to the Lord of the Rings lore cast because the only thing I love more than Lord of the Rings is the Elder Scrolls. 
I'm a new mom. Oh, we read this. Didn't we read this last time? No. We, nope. d- we didn't? Okay. No, sometimes no, I, new to me. Sometimes I'm not 100% sure. I'm a new yep. mum, and honestly, the one thing that's got me through the long days and sleepless nights is this podcast. I think I'm now on my third or fourth run through in about six months, and I still can't get enough of it. It's Aww. equal parts funny, informative, and friendly, and I love the gameplay episodes to break it up from time to time. Man, I need to do those again, but... I know. Those can be pretty entertaining. I am playing a lot of Starfield, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I've been meaning to leave this review and sign up for the Patreon for some time, but busy mum life kept getting away from me so now is the time thank you robots and lotus you've made this uk mum very happy and reignited my spark for all things elder scrolls that's sweet that's so nice heartwarming (laughs) yeah senex thank you for for taking the time to leave that review and then this one of you this one is from uh, minecraft family that's an entire family of minecrafts i'll allow it (laughs) who writes yay five stars (laughs) glad you're okay and safe I think that's a comment from a few weeks ago when I was sick. So, oh yes, when you were fi- yes, when I was out the vid. Yeah. I had the vid again. Yeah, not the uh, mod, the vid. No, no, doesn't seem to matter how many times you vax and update and stuff. Still, still can at get least you. it seemed to destroy you less. Hopefully, oh yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I was better off than I would have been. Like you were much better off. This yeah, time. if it was just like a flu, it wasn't anything super bad, but it was bad enough yeah. that like my voice sounded like yeah. probably like your pirate grandma. Yeah. So, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So uh, thanks for taking the time to leave those reviews. We'll read out future five star reviews and on Apple Podcasts. Also, uh, you can leave a uh, like a little comment and a rating on Spotify or whatever other podcast you're listening to this on if they have the ability to do that. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right, Lotus, tell me all about this thing that you and Dave Chaffins, the Starfield Lorecast host, uh, share in common. It's the UI, man, for the menus. Yeah? It's not good. You don't like it? I don't like it. And going beyond Starfield's... Uh, so I will actually give some credence to... I'm not super deep into Starfield. And I've never found it detrimental. However, I will actually say... The running joke is a lot of times the criticisms against Bethesda games tend to be like, well, why is it so much like there's so much more focus on action? I'm like, that's exactly what I want. Screw stealth, more action. And right. like, well, they just design games around whatever you seem to like the most. I was like, sure do. And it's great. <laughs> Their thing with menus, I actually didn't. Each subsequent game, I actually struggle more with the menus than the previous game. Well, they get um, more complex. The complexity They get increases. more complex, but not in a functional way, I find. And a lot of times... Now, Starfield, at least, it's super advanced. So it's like, okay, this is futuristic or whatever. Mm-hmm. A and big for thing, people and, who haven't seen it, they don't understand. Um, yes. In Skyrim, you could choose like left or right. You go like your right. items or your magic, or you can go up and that was like your level up stuff. And yes. then, you know, like down was the map, I believe, or something like that, right? Yeah, up was the map, up down was the, was the options, uh, right was your spells, left was your inventory, right. I right. think. It was something like that, right? Yeah. So this is you similar. 3,000 hours, I'd know that, but it's, yeah. it's muscle memory, not actually me 
paying attention. <laughs> right. So this is similar, but the design aesthetic for Starfield is circles. So you have a big circle in the middle yes. with your character and some basic stats. And then there are actually once you get once you get to a certain point in the story, there's actually six points on the circle. Okay. Uh, but you I start with five. That, right. So right. You start with more. five. There's like a top right, a top left. So top right is like your perks and level up. Top left is your star map. Bottom right is your inventory. Bottom left is your ship. And then down is your missions. missions. Up yeah. is something else that gets added on later. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. So then when you go into those, it opens up like basically another menu. <laughs> yes. Which you can then shuffle through type of thing. Which is it awful no is it kind of convoluted to the point where it's like then you can press well this will also be from the perspective of a controller just because that's what i've been using mm -hmm. so one feature i do like is if you're deep in these menus i almost said something that would normally need <laughs> okay. to be edited uh, right. if you're deep in these menus <laughs> um one thing that i do appreciate the game has added is if you hold the b button which usually brings you back a page. Mm -hmm. You can press B and it'll bring you back a page. If you hold B, it drops you out of the menus entirely. It just puts you back in the game. Yes. Because you can get into so many sub menus, it will take a notable amount of time to get back out of That's them. That's mostly the star map is, so, is yes, the, the multiple star map's levels. a big thing. Like and the, I've noticed equipping weapons slash like stuff like that. You end up in a menu in a menu yeah. in a that right. Means, so this is so three, instead not, of having star map gets real convoluted, but right. So for the items, instead of just having all of your items or like subcategories across the top that yes. then drop in other things, it's categories that go down, down, and then you can be like, okay, spacesuits, helmets, backpacks, and then when you go into that category, it opens that category, and you've got your new list that goes down. So it's like right. It's it's not the end of the world by any it's means. Subcategories. It's subcategories, just in a different uh, in a different angle. It's correct. It's really not so, that different for that part. It's the star map that's complex. The comp because, yeah, the star map and the missions, because you can jump between like how the yeah. missions then connect to the star map, depending upon which button you press, it'll bring you to right. the star map right. from the missions. Yeah. Again, I think it's, I don't know. Uh, I can't imagine just off the top of my head, a more elegant solution because each thing in its own thing makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's the cross reference that I think I is I don't a have a solution to this, by the but way. I think this is <laughs> probably something. the best version of a complex thing. Um, so it's just a matter yeah. of getting used to it. So um, well, maybe we, you're just we, getting old. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just old. Like <laughs> so maybe we, we've reached the get off my lawn age. But at least I <laughs> I appreciate the technology look to it in Starfield. I will say mm -hmm. I do feel it's a little menu-y and menu-y, which is something I've sort of actually. Well, whatever. We don't need to talk about that here. I, I got into a huge debate with somebody about the Xbox dashboard now that I own an Xbox compared yeah. to the PlayStation dashboard. And they are unequivocally on different planets of right. Right. usability. And spoiler alert, it ain't the Xbox that I have credit for. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> man, this system's neat, but this is the worst UI I've ever played. But yeah, um, yeah. The other the, thing the is thing, that UI is all about familiarity. It, and it so absolutely you, is. And that's why you yeah. get used to it, even right. if it's not great. You get used to it. You get it's used fine. To it. yep. Like so it, as long as it's not completely broken, which it is not. I don't want to say that. Sure. But something that has happened along the series, which is where I was kind of going with this, is I can accept it a little more in Starfield, and I don't have as much time in Starfield. I'll get used to it. There's a lot more systems and stuff like that. I objectively did not when I first played Skyrim. I was like, "What is this menu crap? Like, what yeah. is this?" Yeah. Because it yeah. looked. Almost, and it sounds kind of weird, 
it's too clean, too video gamey, too futuristic. Compared to Oblivion, compared, which was uh, like compared to Oblivion. parchment paper and yes. Yeah. I feel and and that was just you flip the page to it's my inventory page, it's mm -hmm. my quest page. Like very simplistically, you still have these separations, like you just mentioned. So they're always there. Yeah. But I feel like the tone fit better. This at least, yes, the menus are complicated, but the tone fits. Yeah. That's I an interesting really point. hope that with Skyrim and honestly Elder Scrolls Online, because it's basically Skyrim. 2.0 Skyrim MMO uh, it's sort Skyrim of MMO. like yeah. they're really similar looking mm -hmm. I would like with the next Elder Scrolls game they've got to go back to a less futuristic gamey feel to that I would love that Be I agree I, because I feel that's actually a detriment to the Elder Scrolls series um Fallout, it's always your Pip-Boy. It's just your Pip-Boy. It's fine. It fits yeah. again clumsy to a degree but with the Elder Scrolls, I feel like they've kind of squished the Elder Scrolls into the more futuristic ones of Fallout and now Starfield. Mm. And I would like them to kind of rein that back in when they go back to Elder Scrolls. Make it feel like you're opening up a little parchment and like browsing yeah. through it like it used to be. I agree. I, I think that that is a, a fun aesthetic for the Elder Scrolls games. Yeah. And I think I think using that again would be great. Uh, when it comes to the Starfield stuff, I feel like it's 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 complex. So it just is going to be complex. So it's about familiarity for and sure, you just have sure. to use it enough and then eventually you'll get used to it. Uh, my complaint in in is actually in the other direction that some of the <laughs> things are not complex enough, which is a okay. weird complaint because everyone every time I used to work for startup companies and sure. part of what I did in the startup companies was working in marketing. And when people think marketing, they often think like running advertisements. Yep. Some marketing departments are actually more of like our research and development Sure. Side, um, and so I worked with things like UI for a mm -hmm. like a kiosk machine that you go up and like with a touch screen, and there's a lot of things I learned about UIs and those kinds of things. But in general, people just we just don't like to learn new things. We just don't like to walk into a situation and have I to figure see, something yes. out. Um, so there's that natural inherent resistance to it. Right. It's, so it's the familiarity with needing to learn something new. It doesn't right. feel the same as something you're already comfortable with. Yeah. Like, and two things maybe a hundred percent uh, what transposable would be the answer. Yes. So for example, this thing has categories along the top and then everything comes down as opposed to things with categories on the left and everything goes to the right, right? right. Those things are fundamentally the same. You just turn, you're just turning the thing, but simply making that change makes it feel alien again. Like you have to relearn it because your brain right. has to go, okay, how does this work? It's coming from this side now. That's different than what I'm used to. Right? So yeah, absolutely. Like there's that, it took me, probably the first five or six hours to really get used to all those changes. Yeah. And I think and, that everyone's going to go through that. Right. And and I guess the only reason I bring this up specifically is it's because it's been something in games that I actually, I'm very, I don't know if you call it nitpicky on UI because I'll tolerate whatever, like, and I can make do, sure. but like a good UI feels so much better, like than a bad UI to me, it's really notable. And, um, yeah. It's one of the things where it's like when Diablo three first went to console, it was like, how is this going to work? Blah, blah, blah. And it was like, it's, it's a wheel and it's just a set amount of numbers and it's actually simpler. And then they were just like, ah, crap, this is like way better. We're not, we're ditching the old like <laughs> yeah. cube based like inventory thing because it, it worked. Right. Um, right. So like there's benefits. And like you said, sometimes it just takes getting used to it. Right. And, and like, it's just one of those things. They're complicated. And with more systems, they get more complicated. So to add on to that complication, because yeah. I, I never really got to my point. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm so used to having now modded in for games like Skyrim improvements to the yeah, AI, yeah, to right? The UI. So to the UI, yeah, UI, not AI. Uh, <laughs> so, for example, in your inventory screen, I want to be able to have columns that tell me things like weight to value ratio. Yes, but we don't have that. I also want to be able to click the top of the column and sort by each of the columns, just like on a spreadsheet. You know not that. But you I'm can't do bring it. Up Oblivion's UI again, but I mean, it totally had a weight to value thing. Just right. Saying, right. This is so. Yeah, in some ways, true. they've made yeah. this simpler. But I find value in those things. But I totally get the idea of like you're already opening up something that's very complex, and then right. to all of a sudden see even more complex information <laughs> that not everybody uses. I get that. Like you got to trim the fat somewhere, right? Well, but, absolutely. But it's it's a tough decision. It goes one way or the right. other. So it's that that's all. Just going forward, that's a big feature that I feel has been in a direction that I have not really been a fan of with Bethesda games. And I get it because you have to manage more stuff with the more systems. Yeah. But I really hope they find a good way to do it in the next Elder Scrolls game. If you pull out a book and it's like, okay, well, each tab is separated by, you know, those like felt bookmark things that like are attached to the books. Yeah. It's just yeah. like my menus are separated by that. And then it's like, okay, I flip that. And then you flip through the pages in that section. And then you do a bookmark to the next something where it feels less out of world the way that I yeah. feel Skyrim really totally. did and Elder Scrolls as well. Totally. Okay, so here's here's another question because we got it. We're we're getting close to the end of the show. Yeah. What about the combat? I'm sure a lot of people are going. Yes. I, I like the combat in Skyrim, but now we're shooting things in space. So, so that, how does this hold up? So. Elder Scrolls combat is much more simplistic in a lot of ways because it's not a combo system. It's a stamina system, but not a stamina system like the Souls stamina system. Like it's a little different. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the archery thing is always kind of like this weird loophole sort of thing in Starfield so far. So my, my thing is, I had mentioned uh, maybe pre-show. I'm not even sure if it was while we were recording. I actually have another totally different aspect to both you and Dave. Ballistics only. That's the only so you're type all of ballistics weapons. I'm just all ballistics. Mm -hmm. um, I really like the the whatever seven seven or seventy seven pistol thing you get at the start. And I got a it might be called a Ravager or something like that. I'm not really sure. It's basically a submachine gun. Yeah. Okay. Love that thing. Like just mm -hmm. right out the gate, it feels great. Um, and I. Each subsequent game, Fallout's being the only one with guns specifically, the combat has felt more action-y, mm -hmm. modified by RPGs. Whereas mm -hmm. when you went back to Fallout 3, it was, this is an RPG that is interactable with guns because this gunplay kind of is crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's the same thing with Elder Scrolls was the dice rolling system of just miss, miss, miss. Oh, miss, sure. Miss, like the old miss, system. Miss. Yeah. No. And then it became like, right. well, it always hits as long as you can hit and it modifies the damage based on that and blah, 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 blah. Definitely prefer that. The combat in this game, I know they're now under the same umbrella with id Software, who are masters of first person shooters. I think according um, to one of the interviews, it was actually the... Um arcane team that helped was the, the arcade team for this one yeah because that actually helped i know followed the 76 they bolted on part of the id tech engine yeah. and had them help and right. I, i'm sure like there's a, been crossover oh, through it's been a like long development stuff yeah, as yeah. A group yeah but um i really like the combat 
in in Starfield. Um, I haven't messed too much with melee yet because I've been all ballistic. So I was going to ask about that. Have you have you used it at all? I literally stabbed somebody with a shiv that I got. I <laughs> okay. was like, yeah, because I was trying out stealth, even though I'm garbage at stealth. I snuck up on somebody right after um, this. I'll leave it vague, but like there's this weird space creature that they probably shouldn't have been messing with on okay. one of the places you can read a terminal on uh -huh. it about, yes. yeah it's the, so, like the early the early dungeon you go through yeah, yeah. they were yeah. looking the other way it was like shanky shanky just to see what it did <laughs> so i stabbed him in the kidney and it killed that guy and i was like oh that feels pretty good <laughs> not for him say, out of, yeah, i was gonna say a weird thing to say clipped out of context uh, <laughs> but um no, I've really been enjoying the gunplay, minimal on the on the uh, melee, which is when I play Elder Scrolls. I'm actually one of the few people I'll do archery, but it's really I like the, the melee. Combat. I would love to hear. OK, so next time you play, try using yeah, the axe. I'll, there's a sword you can find. There's other melee yeah. weapons, right? And here's my perspective on this in order to sure. share to our viewers a little bit. Um, when you run up on somebody, you have to click a little bit before you get there. The swing is actually larger than it feels like it's going to be when you hit somebody. Okay. And if you get close, they might shove you or attack you up close oh, or whatever. So if you delay, if you're in the middle of swinging, you don't hit them. They might hit you and like disrupt your swing. So there's a little bit more. And you can that still block like chivalry to or Mordhau. It's a little bit in that direction. It's not. It's not just the blind flailing of like Skyrim, right? Sure, so, which is just like the the most complicated move I do is I pull the joystick in a direction and hold the attack. So right. that I do a Yeah. So it's a little bit more physical than that. So that works pretty well. Now, what's funny is my son has been doing a playthrough and you've built a pirate grandma. He's built an old man who used yeah. to be a boxer. So he's because that's totally a skill line <laughs> so, you can oh, do. Yeah, no, I noticed that is like just fists. So he from the beginning of the game, he's running up against these pirates and just like beating them down Wailing with his fists. And it totally works. And what's really cool about that is that on planets where there's like less gravity you can knock people around like <laughs> like you you like stagger them cool. or like make them fall over but if there's no gravity and they're on the edge of something they just go floating off right like, that's awesome yeah it's pretty good so 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 far i think that stuff's been great all right all right so yeah and and the chivalry comment i mean i chivalry was like briefly very huge and then they had some like game's great honestly i strongly recommend it if you like medieval yeah. type stuff kind of a niche, a niche game if you're into really like dynamic physical combat yeah. stuff I, I think that combat system maybe doesn't need to be as complicated same thing with mordhau mordhau is even more complicated but it's it's fun um it gives a little more than just slashy 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 type of deal yeah. um I feel like maybe that would benefit a little more going forward as they seem to be fleshing out their combat each subsequent game a little more. The combat always feels a little better than the previous game. Yeah. Yeah. But on that note, and I mean, I know we're getting close to the end of the show, but there's one other big thing that I really want to tackle because yeah. I think it will be great going forward as it seems like it's from what I've heard from people, uh, a great thing. And it's something long requested. Um, was this emphasis back on you have a backstory that you pick for your character mm -hmm. you have traits you pick for your character going into the game yep. um which i think is very cool it's a much more rpg tilted way of doing things yeah but and um, no stats it's not like you have a special no. system where you so choose they, like your strength and that kind of thing That's right not so part they of it still didn't go into that which 
the Elder Scrolls dropped with Skyrim for the most part, um, which some people feel was too dumbed down. I think dumbed down is a crappy way of putting it. I always say streamlined because I feel like it's got pros and cons. I definitely like some of the stuff from the older games more in some regards, but some of the new stuff people brush off like, oh, it's too dumbed down. It's like, mm, dude, okay, Morrowind's my favorite game probably of all time. That system was crap in Morrowind. Like, let's not yeah. pretend that yeah. it wasn't. Like, yeah. okay. They clearly went crazy. from overly complex to, and, and I think that's the trend of kind of what we've been talking about in our conversation is that they're, they're, they're finding the balance between complexity yes. and fun gameplay. And um, Fallout 4, although it is my favorite Fallout game, um, seemed like in a lot of regards, people felt it was a little too actional game, not enough RPG. Yeah. And I definitely agreed with the voiced protagonist. Love the fact that they dropped the voiced protagonist again. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Don't ever bring that back. Uh, definitely stick with the non-voiced protagonist. I, I prefer that method personally. Um, but the other thing which... I think is very interesting and pretty unique is this is almost a hybrid leveling system compared to Fallout and the Elder Scrolls. So Fallout is just experience gives you level, you put in points, standard RPG style of things. The Elder Scrolls, starting with Daggerfall, because most people don't realize that Arena didn't actually have the use the skill to level it up system. Mm -hmm. It was originally just generic XP. That was just what it was. Um, But then they switched to the system they're so well known for. The more you use something, the better you get at it, which I love as a concept um mm-hmm. it's super fun it's really cheesable uh, which i like <laughs> right. but a lot of people don't but, but it also plays naturally into how you would play it the game it totally does um yeah. but i notice that at least for the like five levels or whatever i have in um starfield it's almost like a hybrid so you get like a flat amount of experience mm-hmm. but then you put it into the skill that you want, but then you need to excel at the skill for a challenge in order to unlock the next tier. Right. So and it's the challenge like they took both systems and yeah. made a hybrid one, which I was like, that's pretty cool. Like I like that. Yeah, and and the challenges aren't like weird, like difficult things to do. If no, you, they're actually oftentimes still pretty cheesable. I'm not gonna lie. Well, um, th- there are things that you would naturally do if you just want to get better at the thing. So, for example, if you do lock picking. In order to hit level two of lock picking, you have to successfully pick five locks, which totally makes sense. If you're going to get better at picking locks, you need to practice picking locks. locks. Go pick more locks. And then the next time you have points put in, you could put it in the level two of that that skill. Right. Which in the Elder Scrolls, that would be what you do. You just keep picking and it's just Mm -hmm. your lock pick skill goes up. Even if you don't level up. But in this one, you have to choose to allocate allocate it. Whereas in Fallout, it's like, yeah, I shot 100 mutants in the head. Now I'm master lock picker. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, the the XP doesn't necessarily. Middle ground, which I found interesting once I started to mess around with the the system there. I kind of like that um, for for the most part that it's like, oh, okay, it's kind of like Yeah, it's just it's a weird hybrid where they took both systems. So I'm curious if they will progress with that with the next Elder Scrolls game. Are they still going to have it just be Uh, a thing? Um, I think I think we're going to see another. It's going to be a a slight variance from what they've done before and then slightly different, something different. Yeah. Um, What I do like about this is in Skyrim, for example, once you hit like 
level 40 or 50 in a skill, whatever the numbers were when it got real yeah. high, uh, those things progress so slowly. They and sure do. So even if you were like, if you got real good at melee weapons and heavy armor and whatever else, and you got towards the end game or had been playing the game for like 200 hours, you rarely leveled up anymore because that stuff took so long to progress without going back to something super weak that you could almost not use. Like if you hadn't done archery and you were a really high level, your archery skills against enemies would be terrible. So you wouldn't ever right. use them to practice them to level them up. And yeah, that yes. became and a detriment. Yeah, that that was kind of handicapped you into a very specific right thing once you progress unless you were super broad at the beginning and you just continued to be broad as you leveled up everything exactly um and it was also the similar situation specifically with skyrim that uh, you could get into when they added the legendary system which gave you a infinite ceiling for leveling which i personally love i love when there's no level cap and they're just like look if you want to dedicate to being an overpowered monster (laughs) sure that's on you man like you do you i love the option for that but the problem with that was it was like okay i'm level 80 we'll just say for example Mm -hmm. and i'm going to legendary my one-handed weapon so now it's down to level 15 i got all those skill points back and now i can re-level it up except to kill a drogger in a crypt it's gonna take me 45 minutes of smacking this thing <laughs> right. because i am yeah. a useless chud with this sword. yeah so I, I don't feel like that system is perfect clearly no the uh, scaling this, gets weird <laughs> right this and i'm and i haven't reached like super high levels yet and I understand that the leveling does slow down. That is a thing. But at the same time, sure. every time, like you're moving up a level doesn't require you using specific skills in order to do so, which is nice right. because you can fight whatever you want. You can go on whatever quest you want. You hit yep. the next level, you get a point. And then if you have something you can put the point in that you want to use, then you can do it. And right. that it's I like the unlocking the, hybrid. the next tier comes from yeah. just you're still you. But you got to focus on that to unlock the next tier if you want to put more power into it. I kind of like that. It's kind of neat. Yeah, I think it's a good balance between the two systems. So like, yeah, I think we both agree about that. Yeah. So, yep, yep. so, so that I is that, that is cool. Cool addition. Um, yep. Real quick, uh, the backgrounds and things. Do, do you like this concept of like your traits and your background? I do. So I'm not I, I make no bones about it. I'm not exactly a min maxer, but I'm pretty much a min maxer. When I play games, I play games very gamey mm-hmm. um, rather than I do come up with a backstory. Like I, I joked about like I have just a pirate grandma. That was just like a thing I made a joke about. That's <laughs> right. my character for this game. Just like, OK, pirate grandma. That's just what it is. That's just um, it. But I don't go super into like, well, she wouldn't do this. Everything is based around what is most advantageous to me playing this video game. I do that in all games. Um, as Gwen the Bard, uh, from you know, fr- friend of friend of the show and everything like that, has mentioned before, and they try to talk about on uh, the Snug Podcast, where they're like Operation End Murder Hobos. And it's always give a backstory. So she gives you a prompt to try to like explain why your character does something. And I always joke that I am the definition of a murder hobo. Like I mm-hmm. just roam around doing whatever is most beneficial to me. But I give myself a quick little story. That's fine. This is a system that is not necessarily meant for me. Although I did like the fact that I have alien DNA. Yeah. Okay, cool. I get better base stats but food ain't that useful to me, which is kind of neat. It's like, oh, all right. So I guess drinking this cola cube, which by the way, the, the random <laughs> the creation stuff. Yeah. Are yeah. Amazing. The chunks. Chunks. Yeah. Chunks, chunks brand meat. I, I want chunks like, of everything. I want, yeah, chunks, I want chunks to be real. Like, 
Yeah, there was a package of raw beef. I was like, perfect. Just did you see the cheesesteak? The chunks cheesesteak. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a little cola square sandwich. Just, yeah. Have you seen the cola cube? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I love. I want to poke it in real life. It just <laughs> looks great. Um, but like, I love the option for that role playing for people. Like, I think that is great. The fact that I was a soldier. Mm-hmm. So I, but it kind of ties back to oblivion in the character classes yes. that were in oblivion. Right. You could choose you could make your own. I'm a battle or, mage and that would right. mean you have certain stats, but now you kind of play into that role. Well, I'm a battle yeah. mage. That's who I am. And, and you can make your own things in a lot of those games. And it was funny because one, one of the final ones was just like, um, I think it was like no background given or whatever. Yes. And it was just like, yeah. that one was really funny. I almost went with that one, but I decided to go a soldier. Um, because I my thing was I was like I want this jetpack like give me uh-huh. a jetpack uh-huh. that was the first thing I I and I already don't regret it it's great start the game with a jetpack but like I liked that and then if you want to craft that into your RPG thing you can you can mix and match like the the religion things was really cool you can pick a religion mm-hmm. or you can pick a faction to work with love the yeah that and on back. top of that if you pick a religion and go to the location and talk to the priests you can have conversations yes. about the nature of reality and then yeah, you can yeah. even decide to no longer be a part of the religion you could be like i've <laughs> right. reconsidered my beliefs i'm leaving and that creates a whole nother dynamic like um, Can you imagine doing that in Elder Scrolls? Like, right. I am a, you know, a worshiper of Mehrunes Dagon. C- correct. Like, I am a Daedric cultist. Like, right. Okay. Okay. I'm just like, awesome. And there's mods for that. But it's like, I like the fact that that could be in the game. And actually, Rick, uh, we were chatting the other day about it, is he has the parents one. Yeah. Which yeah. I know Dave Chaffin's mm-hmm. mentioned. And it's hilarious. They're just like obnoxious parents. Like, right. And they show up places. Yeah, I haven't um, run into the adoring fan yet, or the hero, whatever uh-huh. it is. Yeah, but I, fan, I, do, yeah. I totally picked that. Um, oh, dude, you're gonna! It's gonna happen. It's gonna yeah. happen. So it's like, I really liked those background things. That's cool. It makes your character feel unique, even if you don't want to go super into the art, you know, the role play thing. That's fine, whatever. It, but I, I was definitely bummed out, not for me but for others who wanted more of that in Skyrim, because it definitely was missing a little more in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were just the dragonborn been... and you were whatever race you picked. Right. And, and I feel like it. in that one and fallout four, that was scaled too far back for people. Well, in fallout four, you were definitely a person with a background. Like you were either the male or female character. Oh, yes, and you had exactly. Congratulations. You, you were that person. You are. Right. Yes. It, there was like, you used to be a soldier or you were, I think she was a lawyer Correct. or something. And, and, and yeah. those two specifically, they had scaled back enough that I feel like it's like you're becoming more action with an RPG system around it. And I feel like this pushed more in the direction of the perfect hybrid for people. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I like that. I, I again, yeah. not even necessarily for me. For all the cool builds other people can do, I really like it being available. Right, and I think that this creates a platform. Like Skyrim accidentally became the platform of the decade for people to <laughs> right. mod and role play sure. in a fantasy world. This very intentionally has become the platform of this decade that people can do space stuff in. Sure. So and 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 to your to your point, that whole background thing and like a lot of the other role play stuff, the fact that you're you know a non-voice protagonist, like Fallout 4 did really well, but it didn't become that same kind of platform in no, it, the role playing standpoint. That was definitely kind of like an 
action game with a lot of RPG elements. Right. So I, I think they've learned from that because they they want to make more Skyrims. And so this is becoming this is going to be the space platform, which makes the Todd's comment about Elder Scrolls six and them wanting it to be the fantasy platform like yeah. for people to play in. And I think that they're like this eight years of development i know it's taking forever to get to the next elder scrolls game but i think that they've fleshed out a lot of things in these eight years that are going to make that game absolutely the game that we would want rather than had they kept on like they were on a pace like you go back 12 years ago they were churning out new games every two or three years yeah we would have been we'd be bored with that by now if we had two or three other elder scrolls games at this point we would be like all right all right they're all the same why are they all the same and that's not what clearly not what they want to do they want to give us something brand new that creates a whole nother world of opportunity yes and um after after kind of at least preliminarily seeing what starfield has to offer and i i would like to say the graphics at least on the xbox series x um game runs smooth as silk um it, granted it's at 30 frames a second but it's consistent like, it is it's the consistency it is, that's important it is a yes i know and, I, and i'm yeah. definitely a uh, you know from my prior competitive shooter days i can definitely tell the difference between them but i will take consistent over higher and inconsistent any day because you cannot i mean this isn't a competitive shooter against other people so i don't really care all that much but like back in the day with games if you ever misjudge a frame because there is a hiccup you are likely dead against somebody who is absolutely top tier and will blast you um so i've just give me smooth i would obviously more frames is great most of the time right, right. But, but the smooth is the is, bigger more important smooth thing is much more important than i think a lot of people realize yeah. and on the series x um it's it's been very smooth so far it feels this is going to be the weirdest most nebulous statement it feels stable as a game oh yeah it's this is the least Which buggy is, release they've they've put out like by, i've come across some at this point but this most of them are just like funny little things that happen and you're just like oh that's, that's i a actually weird haven't had a work. glitch yet and five not even a funny one yeah i, I don't think i yet. in my first five hours i don't think i hit a glitch and then yeah like i've had a few and some of them are just like physics things that happen in everything like the guy's backpack blows up but we're in a small room and his head gets stuck oh, in the yeah, ceiling he got stuck in like the ceiling right. i think you said somebody like, got stuck in a table like yeah that kind of uh, stuff is which, fun um i mean it's, it's just physics not even a glitch i mean if somebody has a rocket like go through drywall guess what their heads yeah. through the drywall right <laughs> yeah even... <laughs> slick rick says 20 plus hours and no crashes yeah i haven't had any crashes yeah. at all uh right. i've had like a fish show up on a platform on neon city like a giant Ooh, shark fun. looking fish that's like the size of a car yeah yeah uh like he was trying to get in the elevator that was weird uh but he didn't respond <laughs> to anybody amazing. he just sat there kind of just doing his swim that's animation fish. nobody noticed uh-huh. him i was like that's weird um, so uh, there's there's that which i definitely appreciate um and the other thing is this game is really really pretty uh yeah like some of the dialogue things are almost like a little because they do the, the zoom thing so that you're paying attention to people still yeah sometimes like their animations and stuff like that are a little uncanny valley which is a little weird because it's like yes y- there's moments where it's like 
this is like weird bordering on a sort of talking to a person, but then there's that sort of not quite there. Uh, I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. And actually just to those uh, ghosts question, um, is this a console seller? Again, from my perspective, I objectively did not have an Xbox. <laughs> um, and I bought Slick Rick, who is in the chat. I bought his Xbox <laughs> Series <laughs> so X yeah. so that I can play this. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty happy with my choice, um, at least so far. So I, I, I'm i certainly not going to say it's not so not a system seller. Um, I, I understand why I believe Amazon sales uh, the day after the Starfield Direct was up 1,047%. Um, I sort of get it. it, yeah, yeah. it they kind of have their first exclusive system seller that Sony essentially has just a myriad of and has over the years. This kind of seems like one to match it. Well, this is the first system seller game they've had since like Halo and Gears of War. If you think about like Xbox, I mean, it's been over a decade since they've had like system selling first party releases yeah. everything and else I used is to be a huge bomb. xbox 360 person i skipped all of last generation and now yeah. i've got this one so yeah a lot of those other I am games hyper console agnostic oh. because yeah i always end up getting both because i just kind of sure. want to play everything but i'm um, you know not everybody can allocate the money to that because they need yeah to play i was other gonna places, say that's you know? not like, a cheap decision but no. i totally get it when you get the option but uh um, yeah. Yeah. yeah no to that to that point i i did i bought one for it yeah. So, okay. Well, man, this has been a lot of fun. Obviously, we've yeah. gone a little bit long, but um, uh, sure, definitely but worth talking about. And exciting stuff. Exciting and, stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Is there anything that you've run into? Because I know we have a ton of crossover. Is there anything that you happen to see from this series that you're like, oh, man, I really hope they bring this forward? Because by the time I beat this, I'm very curious how I will feel about some of the systems. It's like, ooh. I really want to see this going forward into the new Elder Scrolls because there's a lot of things that it's just like, ooh, that would feel really good in like an yeah. Elder Scrolls, I think. Yeah, so. I mean, there's a lot of things that we didn't even talk about. I mean, just off the top of my head, real fast here at the end, we have the way that the, the quest lines play out and the fact that obviously Bethesda quest lines, they're going to be like, here's the thing, go do a thing, and then you sure. follow the quest line, you go to the next quest, go to the next quest, and you're like, okay, where's the twist? There's going to be a twist. Yeah. But I still can't predict exactly what the twists are going to be. Like, I'm like, I know there's going to be twists, but the I've writing... i the writing and the great. quest of this one are like exceptionally good. Right. Like, um, there's a little bit of hand-waving of like, well, yeah, we, it would make sense if we did this this way, but we do it this way, and that allows you to be able to say join multiple factions or whatever right? yeah they, they there's a little hand wavy explanation yeah, they haven't aggressively i mean i get that and i honestly kind of like that um because it is rough with morrowind when it's just like or yeah. prior to morrowind where it's like well 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 someone pissed off house halalu good luck uh you know ever joining them because now you're part of red and it's like well can i see their story it's like yeah, start a new game <laughs> start it's a like, whole oh, new game man. good luck <laughs> like, yeah, so they've they've done a little bit of the hand wavy stuff for some of those kinds of things and a few other ways also, but I'm, I'm not going to talk about here. Yeah. Uh, but the the way the quest lines have played out, the way the the way you even just get quests by walking around and hearing people have conversations about things that make you go, oh, maybe we should go check that out. Boop, sure. it just pops up as a quest, an optional quest for you to go follow up on. Um, so there's a, like streamlining of that stuff, but also 
added dynamics to the way that stuff works. Uh, some of the conversations you have with people are interesting, even when you don't expect them to be interesting. Um, so a lot of that stuff has has played out in ways where it feels like it's another step forward for me, which I think would be great to carry forward to cool. another Elseworlds. But yeah, absolutely. Jump on the Discord. Let us know what you think about how this will influence the next Elder Scrolls games and which kinds of things you think they should take take forward into the next one and how they should do it, because I'd love to have that conversation. Uh, Lotus, it's time to wrap it up. I know you got another. Sh- you got another show you can share. Info I do. About. This weekend, uh, we're going to be discussing all of the news and events in the Elder Scrolls Online that are happening. The Undaunted event has just started, actually today. Undaunted, um, undaunted, undaunted. Uh, so out of so out of tune. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, there's been some news happening with uh, all of that. And uh, on the 14th, there'll be a reveal for the q4 um but honestly we're going to discuss a similar vein to this some of the stuff um you know that that we would like to see tie-in wise because honestly like this stuff does you know it's a shared family of games and it, it's uh, um it's interesting kind of just to speculate on this so um, speaking of speculation yeah, interested in, do, do you, like, real quick do you think yeah. the secret game zenimax online is working on is a starfield mmo I so I've heard that a lot. I cannot imagine it would be because that is putting a lot of eggs in an untested basket. Yeah, but they were pretty sure this game was going to do well. Sure enough that Microsoft I, I'm bought not sure. Them. Yeah, I'm sure they thought it was going to do well. The numbers are like comically off the charts from what I've seen. Just the amount like the fact that there was a million concurrent on both platforms. Six million prior. sold already. Well, and that's what I mean. It's like and that's like Imagine, okay, imagine at full price. Imagine so nobody, people, imagine nobody, like a large percentage of them bought the $100 one in order to get early, right? But imagine right. just the $60 or $70, whatever it is on whatever platform, yeah. right? Multiply that by 6 million here. Let me just do it real quick on a calculator. Horrifying. Horrifying. It's horrifying. It's a, I think that's why is my calculator million? not coming up? Calculator. Let's, here we go. 6 million. Oh, 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 times, so let's just say $65, it's $390 million. Yeah. Now add in the, like the extra 40 bucks that people paid for, like that's almost half a billion dollars in sales. Which that's the thing that I was saying, like prior to me getting it the other day when I was allowed to get it because I didn't pre-order it. I wanted a physical copy of it. I didn't get the douchebag version type of thing. <laughs> douchebag like, version. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a term of endearment. Um, there were like a million people playing just before I was even play. I was like, what? That is so many people who played extra because none of them are getting it through the Game Pass or anything like that. It's like, these are all people buying the fanciest version right. possible it's like now, statistically speaking crap. people who sign up for game pass are going to pay 15 dollars a month but how many yeah. months on average they stay on game pass before they leave game pass that's i mean they're gonna that's like double their profit right yes, there because most people stick I, around for like three to six months before they I, remember I mean, to cancel their subscription i always appreciate like trust me game pass is a, it seems like a great deal i don't play enough variety of games to make it worth it personally yeah, yeah. i also like physical media but the 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 joke was because a lot of people including gamestop which oh shout out to best buy which we are not sponsored by best buy they were the only <laughs> people in my region i.e several states that actually had physical copies no one else did yeah. they were shipping, why like, did you want the one physical copy. one you didn't want to download I it? always want physical media 
Even if you I, just put the disc in and it just means, okay, you can download yeah, it now? I just, I don't, I, it needs to be on the shelf of the nerd. It's okay. Just, <laughs> All right. Yeah, I just, it's getting to I the look, point where it's like, there's not, there's not even data on the there's disc barely anymore. on the disc, but right. once it's at least loaded up, like if I don't have access to the internet, I can actually still play Starfield. Yeah. So like, yeah. that's enough for me. Just the you. idea of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's honestly, it's just like a weird holdover thing that I just like being able to see the physical thing. I'm watching you um, age before my eyes. Yeah. Well, it also helps that like a lot <laughs> of people play like a million games this year so far i have bought eight video games that is unequivocally the most video games i've bought it's so been a crazy <laughs> it's been a crazy good year um so, so yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like well go check out so tales of tamriel fun. get some more chat about this stuff if you want some yep. more starfield stuff the starfield lorecast we've got an episode coming out it'll i mean the newest episode will be out by the time you hear this episode now um we're going to be interviewing we're not doing a whole lot of spoilery stuff because we know a lot of people are just jumping into the game so for this month we're talking about like tips and tricks we're having guests on to talk about their experiences say, some cool guests coming up yeah, so we got some cool guests coming up, um, and uh, Zero Period's going to join us. Uh, yeah, Sam from Mass Effect uh, Blink, Blink Blink, from she's a streamer. Um, and then Ken from Chad, Fallout 76 podcast. The, all these people. Are, yeah, lots of, lots of awesome people coming and talk about their experiences in Starfield, on the Starfield Lorecast. This show is going to go back to regular Elder Scrolls yeah, stuff we'll in the future. We'll Don't worry. Up where we left off. It's not turning just, into also a StarCraft podcast. Nah, this, this is just this a one-off episode. This is just a speculation episode based on all of the hype since so many of us are playing it. So. Yeah, yeah. So go look up all that stuff if you want more stuff. And of course, you can find links at robotsradio.net. All right. Thanks, Lotus. This has been super fun. Thank you, chat, for being here. Everybody stay safe out there. And, uh, and you know, we're in space. If you're in space or Tamriel, if you're there or one of the Oblivion realms or wherever. Thanks for being here, everybody. See you guys later see you later thanks for joining us we'd love to hear from you you can reach me on twitter at robots underscore radio or lotus of doom at lotus of doom also you can join us on the robots radio discord channel you can easily just search robots radio discord on google or check the description underneath the podcast also this podcast is recorded live every week on thursday nights 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after. Either way, just come hang out with us. And if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the Robots Radio network, go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time